What are we doing here right now? We're going to be what doing doing? some uh, t-shirt giveaways. We're still giving shit away. Yeah, we, we like to do that. Giveaways yeah. here I, and there. This is the most upside-down every... business model I've ever <laughs> seen in my life. I know. One of these days we'll start making some money. Doug, I was say, Doug hasn't given me any... I've been here for over a year. I Doug hasn't given me any fucking money, but we keep giving shirts out to people. We've got to finance them somehow. <laughs> yes. by, by the way, have you seen Doug's new car? It's made out of Snazzy. t-shirts. You got, the, you got that new <laughs> Tesla. He'll fucking, we all want it, right? Hey, hey, Are you Doug. sure is that or is his sailboat? Yeah. Yeah. Runs on yeah. Yeah. He made out of t-shirts. <laughs> Keep wondering. I feel like they give a motherfucker from office space with a red stapler, like just yeah. having me work here and not paying me a paycheck. Yeah, yeah, I just yeah. assume that I'm going to get paid sooner or later. <laughs> good faith. Good faith. We just sit down with my I'm lawyer. in charge of the mics. <laughs> All right, let's get let's give some shirts away. Yeah, we had nine reviews this last week. A little better. So mm. give away one. Eh, we're giving away three. What? Whoa. Yeah. You know. Coming in so, from the side. We have a choice here. It's Either a good pay thing we, you or give away t-shirts. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, uh, let's, <laughs> let's give them t-shirts. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Why not? We're yeah. building goodwill here. Listen, the, cheaps don't, the, the shirts don't cost much. We get them made by child labor overseas. It's all well, good. if Doug keeps us up, I'm going to start. Just we're kidding. Gonna, I'm going to start having to ask PR for money just so. straight up. Like, hey, if you guys want to donate and help Adam out, because he's still trying to work over here. <laughs> all right. Give them away, Doug. Do all it. right. Katie Lee, 13. Justin Height, Art, and we have one more, <laughs> Rob G56. All free t-shirts. Yes. You got to email Doug where? At mindpumpradio at gmail.com. Send over your size, your uh, iTunes name, and your address. Yeah. And that's it. We got you. You that's won. That's all. Write, we'll a, write a creepy message to Doug, too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, thanks, Justin. If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts. Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. You know what I had earlier before I ate my eighty-five uh, percent uh, lean, fifteen percent grass-fed beef, which was probably mm. I don't know, probably had a good fifty grams of fat in that. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. had uh, I got a can of coconut milk, full fat, threw it in a fucking bullet, not the sex toy, the blender. Adam <laughs> yeah. uh, added some cinnamon, a little <clears throat> some stevia, so and some uh, vanilla extract, and uh, just pounded that, bro. That's like. 65 grams of fat, I think. How, no protein, though, in it, though, yeah? No. How low is your protein intake right now? Uh, I'm probably like 100 and... Let's see. Probably 140. Dude, just for shits and giggles for once, could you download Fat Secret app and just load your food so you could see? Huh? huh? Oh, really, sorry, I wasn't paying really? attention. I was he doesn't like technology. I was too busy looking at my that, bicep. Bro. Yeah, he like refuses. Yeah. he like refuses to like count for... You know why? He, he th- th- thinks about like flyers when we're thinking, you know, in this day and age, it's websites. Yeah, you know I mean, no, websites, fuck. Listen, <laughs> it's about flyers, bro. What is this interwebs? Yeah. <laughs> Listen, you guys know me. What do you yeah. think will happen if I start tracking shit? You'll get anal. I'll, I'll bro, that it'll in. get stupid. You'll, you'll advance into like this superhuman robot guy. New level, it's bro. It's going to be crazy. Wait, 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 wait. New level. Yeah. Wait, what will I be? Justin? Super, superhuman robot guy. Oh, fuck. I'm doing it tomorrow. Cyborg. See? I'm doing it tomorrow. It, it'll be, yeah. Hey, I mean, guys. You'll, I, be, you'll definitely be Johnny Five. No, I don't want to enter my food. I want, Johnny look, I have, a very, I have a very healthy relationship with food now. I know what I should eat. I know it how doesn't to make it. You, it doesn't make you unhealthy. Here's the reason why I want you to do it. I'm just curious because I mean, I want to be able to ask I'll you. I'll add it up. I'll find I'll add it up. Yeah, for yeah. You. I want to be able to ask you a question and kind of get an idea where what you are and your percentage are because you think you throw numbers out. No, like, no. I've gone I've gone and added things yeah, up. Yeah, well, okay. Because well, as I say, whenever I think I'm like right on track and then I am put it, I'm normally not. Even to this day, as much as I've tracked, because I'm sure I've more than anybody in this room i still i'm I, you know unless i track i'm still off you know so you so what I'm you're surprised saying you like that one more than my fitness pal it's just i've you got like the ui better yeah it's very user friendly to me and then uh i for clients to screenshot the my fitness pal when they screen that's what it is. yeah okay I got yeah you. it's yeah. definitely uh so way. what you're saying is if i start counting because i could be off like you said that i could get buffed Bu- yeah. Buff- it's possible Buff-diness? possible for you to get buffed is that possible yeah mm. this Beautiful. whole time you thought you reached your genetic potential and little did you know because I'm like there's you no were, possible you used way you were, you were 7 grams of protein and 8 grams of fat off this entire time oh shit <laughs> son of a <laughs> bitch little tweaks that's all you had to do dude. hey I got an opening song dude what we're, we're on we're kick on. your head Miss Locals kick your face Miss Locals kick your balls into outer space. What was that? What is that? From? You know what reminded me of that was when I talked about Johnny Five. Uh, yeah. Oh, that was on. Bro, the, oh, that's it's the from. gang. He joins this gang, 
From Circuit, Short Circuit. Short Short Circuit. circuit. What a... Throwing it back. What a shitty old movie. It was great. No, that wasn't shitty. It was right in line with like batteries not included. I have an old one for you. Oh my God, I forgot about that that one. one. My little nephew was watching this, Cloak and Dagger. Do you remember Cloak and Dagger? I never watched that. 1983. I never watched that. 83? Was that a cartoon? Or 85? All right, here, real quick. Name like a favorite like movie from when you were a kid that's a little obscure. Rad. I never saw... Labyrinth. (laughs) Damn, that was fast. Both of you guys... Uh, oh, rad! I loved rad, dude. I, I never watched, saw dude, that. that spinning sequence with the bike. He's like, he's like doing a, a handstand, bro. And then it's like playing that music. Like, Can we all just I watch that? An angel. Yes, <laughs> yes. Okay, so when What's we were, it about? When we were, it's about Rad like freestyle now. bike riders, right? No wonder I didn't watch it. You weren't into. You didn't, that's right. I forgot you weren't yeah, athletic. He doesn't like to move. <laughs> when we, when I was growing up, like it, I mean, Haro, GT, Mongoose, like. Having like a bike, oh, I had like a freestyle the, bike, bro. Electric green, oh, white yes. pigs. Yes, that's oh, like the, that was like the GT right there. Yeah, Dude, those those bikes when we were kids in the early eighties was like the shit. Anybody who had that, like, well, you, that's back when um, there's no helmet. Yeah. You don't wear shit. You go up in the hill. And oh you're yeah, and ride down head first. And, yeah, no, no, no. We used to build build, hops build ramps and take pictures with our, uh, you know, flash camera of us doing jumps and stuff. And that uh, that that movie was like that was the that was the movie back then in the early eighties. Yeah, I never and watched that. It, I, you know, I remember because we had this uh, flamingo video it was around the corner from my house, and I must have rented that flamingo video from that place at least a hundred. What's a flamingo times. video? That's just the name of the. the oh, the yeah. name of the place. Yeah, yeah. Did they have the room in the back? Oh, the oh, fucking yes, dirty yes, movies. Yes. That was how it used to be back, back then. in the dirty, dirty before, movies and UFC before Blockbuster came yeah. in. Yeah, you had to go through the curtain. Ultimate cage fighting and, and how porn. about watch? You know, do you know how, let me put it this way: How desperate were men back in the day? That they would go to a fucking place where <laughs> normal people are looking at normal movies and go in the fucking porn room, and uh, everybody knows where you're going. I'll do if, you one up from that. In in Doug's day, they used to have to go to the uh, theater. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They didn't even have it out on. Who the VHS. fuck watches go porn in the theater? Yeah, that's how yeah. you used to have think to. about that. Bro, that's that's before video cassette. Yeah. That's how you had. And to And then go. they jerk off in the theater. You got to leave yeah. at least two uh, that's seats. You know, that's weird. Room. Doug, have you been in one of those? It gets. Yeah. Never have actually. <laughs> do you ever remember seeing them when you're younger? Uh, I remember, yeah, the old porn theaters. Oh, yeah. you do remember? Oh, that. yeah, they, we had one downtown where I lived. <laughs> Were they talkies? <laughs> <laughs> as far as I know, I don't. I, I actually never went to one. <laughs> never, never so, crossed so, my so, mind. So, I'd heard stories go, uh, about down on what some people popcorn. did there, so I wasn't yeah. that. Does interested. anybody remember their first porn they watched? My first. Mm. Oh, that's a good. How about that one? That's a good one. Yeah, I uh, I got a story. I don't know, but it, was, it was very hairy, though. Let me I tell remember. you, what, let me, one you thing I hate about stories. Let's hear your story. Here's what I hate about Mind Pump. Uh, this is the one thing I hate about it, and you fuckers know. Like, I just will tell shit, and afterwards I'm like, why did I fucking tell that? <laughs> it didn't here, stop me. Here it comes. Yeah. So uh, we- No pun intended. So I had I had a couple porn. I had a couple porns, and I can't remember what they were, but they were they were basically your your gonzo, like multiple scene type <laughs> things. They weren't like, it wasn't like a movie. It was like scenes of just, you know what I mean? Yeah. It was like, it was basically- Basically, the most bang you get for your buck. So I had two of those things, and uh, right. we were we were having a family party at my cousin's house, and he lives maybe <laughs> around the block. Um, and so all me and my cousins are there, right? So we're all hanging out. We're like, yeah, we're gonna go outside and fucking, you know, we're all gonna like play hide and seek and run and shit. We're like thirteen, and uh, I'm like, guys, I'm like, let's fucking walk to my house. I got two fucking porns. We're gonna watch, and they're awesome. So we get to my house. I put them in. We're watching them, and. Uh, I hear the front door unlock, like my like someone was unlocking the front door, right? And it's in the TV. It, no, 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 no. <laughs> I someone's coming in the front door, so I'm like, oh shit! So everybody's kind of panicking. So you remember the old VHS uh, machines when yeah. you push the button to eject? That motherfucker would take 15 seconds to shoot out of the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it comes up as a. So I push eject, and that thing's like. I'm gonna guess you probably press it like 20 times. By the time it comes out, I grab it, I pull it out, I turn around, and my mom is standing right there, bro. So, so I fucking take the movie and I throw it under the couch. Anal. I throw it under the couch, and she's like, "What'd you throw under the couch?" I'm like, I can't get up. I hurt my back. I'm trying to like deflect her. <laughs> I, can't get, I can't get up. I Bro, hurt my back. I can't. I hurt my back. She's like, get up. I want to see what's under the. I'm like, no, no, no. I can't. I hurt my back. So I'm doing this like charade for like 10 minutes. My cousins are all sitting there fucking awkward as shit. Finally, she <laughs> blasts me. Boners. Finally, she blasts me. She's like, don't lie to me. Stand up. So I stand up and I grab the movie 
underneath the thing. Yeah, yeah. And I fucking smash it with my hands because I don't because she was gonna put it in the V. She's gonna put it in the, in the VCR. You no, break the VHS, dude. You you broke the porn. Bro, I don't want my mom to like push play and then that shit appear. Wow. She can't read the label. Bro, it's one thing to read the label. It's another thing to see the filthiest shit you've ever seen in your life. <laughs> this wasn't a normal porn. It wasn't like, oh, look at the boobs. It was stuff that I won't even repeat on Mind Pump. Yeah. <laughs> Horrible stuff. Yeah. So anyway. Like donkey shoes. I don't remember clowns. the name of mine, although I do remember I told the story of my mom strung it out and came. I came home. She had found it. You know, because when you, I think it was like, uh, God, let's see. Pulled all the tape out? Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was a three hour one. You know, it, it cost me like 50 something, 60 bucks for it. I saved up all summer oh. for it. You <laughs> I did. All I did. summer. I did. I did. Your, I did. No, I did. Yeah, you know, yeah. squeezing udders. No, that was even before bro. that, dude. This oh, is like wow. $4 an hour right here. This was when the market. Yeah. Burger when King then. Or porn like? wasn't accessible, man. And you're a fucking young dude. Like, oh, yeah. That shit gets valuable. Uh, it's supply and demand. I don't even remember how I got it. You don't have to explain it to me. How I got it. I think it was such a big ordeal too because we were like 16 years old so we were underage buying it it was like trying to find the place that would sell it to you we finally found a place and uh <clears throat> and then i got it and then i you know you take it i think i put it like in the back to the future case you know <laughs> so it was like back to the future classic yeah back yeah. to future part one my mom's never Marty watched McFly. that yeah, yeah. Oh, shit. well i had a tv i had a eye. tv and a vcr in my room so it was i kept it underneath my my tv in the back to the future case and just for some reason my mom was going through videos <laughs> in my room and pulled it out and had must have seen it and then i came home from school and i walk and i hadn't seen her yet i just go straight to my room and when i walk in my room there's this video cassette so imagine three hours of video cassette that's a lot of tape <laughs> it's completely strung out all over my bed it's oh, like this mound of tape and then i go did you did you did you did you slowly go in there and like wind up the thing to try <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, dude, i was like i have to save it oh shit how long did no. you have it before she found it um i i got a good six months in Okay. <laughs> yeah. Six months. Well, that's I, what I was wondering. I'm pretty, sure, I'm pretty sure I, I watched it all the way through at least four or five times. That's what I'm yeah. saying. At least yeah. you got you got your your money's worth. Well, as a kid, sure a couple times. I don't know if I got my money's worth because as a kid, that was like all summer long to save up to buy it, right? Because you don't make hardly any money. <laughs> yeah. You had to go back to your using your imagination. Yeah, yeah, that right. sucks. Yeah, I know. But uh, my, my sister couldn't wait to see me in trouble. She like rushed in my room and so she said, "Mom wants to see you." You know, I was like, "Oh <laughs> shit!" Oh, most oh, hands down. Most awkward conversation to this day, thirty-four years of my life that I have oh, ever yeah. had in my life. That, oh. Talking to your mom, your mom, and same then, here. And I grew up in a home where, so my father passed when I was seven. So you know, the the my mom didn't really understand, and she, my mom was very young. She had me when she I was pre she was pregnant with me at nineteen years old, had me at twenty, and you know, she didn't think that masturbation was a normal thing for a, a young teenage boy. And boy, that was that made that awkward. It's the most normal thing. For well, yeah, you know, and my, I think my mom knows now and looks Palms back like probably that. feels bad, but. You know, then it was like this, you know, we were like contemplating taking me to like counseling and shit. It's like, it is, <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah. Bro. Our, <laughs> our, son, our son's hurting himself. Wouldn't that have been funny though? I get to, I get to my first counseling <laughs> He's session. He's choking himself. And the counselor looks like, uh, what was he doing? He, he was masturbating. Uh, what's what's the problem here? Yeah, <laughs> did he use glue? Like, what did he do? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, was, <laughs> was he was he waving it in front of kids? What yeah, was he what doing? Was he doing? <laughs> yeah, my see, see my mom because we talked about this in previous ep old episodes. And my mom listens to Mind Pump. So then my mom, like, while I was having dinner the other night, she's like, do, she's like, do you remember that time when I found those porn magazines and we had that cover? I'm like, no, fuck. Let's I not talk about this. I'm like, I don't want to hear this shit from you. Weird. Oh, you ju I just remembered yeah, a crazy bad. story. So I had this cousin. I don't know if you guys have had a cousin or a, I do a, have a, I do have a cousin. <laughs> yeah, a family member who's like this who comes over and they always want to try on all your clothes or borrow shirts or borrow stuff if we're, you were similar size. My cousin and I, when we were growing up, were very similar size. So he would come over. The first, as soon as he came to my house, first thing he like beeline straight to my room, trying on all my clothes and stuff and I and he would just do it like without even asking just do it just go in there and start trying clothes on and he'd come out and he'd always wear it he'd always be my favorite shirt or a brand new shirt that I've only wore like one time and he'd come out and be like oh I need to borrow a shirt I'm gonna wear this and I'd be like come on guy <laughs> you know and it used to piss me off he used to do that all the time I'll never forget this time so I had this uh, and I had this shirt for years it was a it was Nike red old school old school Nike shirt that I turned into a cutoff and it was like my gym shirt I always wore it to the gym well, uh, and and I knew he liked that shirt. Well, I'm getting, I'm showering at the time, and it's him and my buddy, and we're getting ready to all go to the gym. Ironically, the gym that I tagged you guys in that I mm -hmm. should we saw the girl right. So mm -hmm. we're getting ready to go to the gym. I come out, 
and sure as shit, he's wearing my cutoff. But he, it was he picked it up off the floor. Oh no! Well, the, he no. puts the cutoff on. No. And up here on the left no. hand corner, <laughs> it's, it's all it's little, all it's got a little atom mark. It's uh, crumpled no. all up and dried oh. up. Oh. And I fucking yeah. fall over on the ground. <laughs> and I just start rolling and laughing. And it was the best redemption I had ever had of my cousin See? wearing my shit. And I go, this hey bro, like glue. Go look what in the that? mirror real quick and take a look at that shirt. <laughs> Since you picked it up off my floor next to my bed, he goes over and oh, he comes screaming, ripping it off of him and stuff. I said, That'll serve you, bro. Get him in my room and just put my clothes on without asking. He's like, he's like you put too much starch on this. Oh, shirt. dude, best ever, best <laughs> like, ever. Yeah. Well, Man, that's he's... a that's a great story to segue into uh, the next segment of our show, the fitness portion. <laughs> yeah, uh, fast forward through all the bro shit into my quadriceps <gasps> are sore. It's time for the quad. What, what did you say? Quad. The quad. The what? The quad. The what? The quad. <gasps> it's today. Yes, it is. It's motherfucking quad. It is. That's that's what time it is. It's too many bad words, Adam. Oh, anyway, sorry. lots of bad words. Let's keep it going. All right, Firewood53 is asking you guys to address the over 40 and 50 crowd. Mm. Mm. So this would be like Sun's age, or Doug's son's age right here at uh, 40. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Doug's 80, his son's 40. Oh, okay. <laughs> or almost. What are you, 36 now, 37? I just you? turned, I just turned uh, 37. Mm. 37. I did. Isn't that Ooh, awesome? That is almost 40. So address so, the 40 and 50 crowd. Well, uh, almost every client um, around that age, I actually uh, recommend to them right away to get their blood work done and uh, have them check out their hormonal levels um, right away. I've, in the past, I used to not do that. I didn't know much about that. I didn't realize how important that was. And you know, through my years and years of training and lots of men in their 40 and 50s, uh, a lot of them, uh, because of uh, poor eating, lack of exercise, or you know, supplements they've taken over the past, or maybe even the possible usage of uh, steroids when they were younger, have now have got hormonal issues as as they get older. And I just want to know where I'm at with with a client so I can explain to them why why they may be having a hard time building mass, and also if they're open minded enough to possibly see a therapist for that if they need it. Well, I think if we can address it naturally first, I think if okay, if all all things being equal, uh, we're talking about a healthy over forty, over fifty client. So healthy, everything's everything's equal. What percentage is that? Just by the by the way. Well, I mean, (laughs) well, of course they're gonna have more issues, but what I mean by healthy is I don't mean ideal health. I mean like you know medically, like they go to the hospital, they go to the doctor, they get tested, and they, you know, they might might have a minor issue, but they don't have major issues. So, so. For those of you that are kind of normal, don't have any of those issues, but want to start exercising, really the same that rules that apply to to a twenty year old who exercises apply to you. Um, the difference is a twenty year old can get away with doing stupid yeah, shit more point. often. Great point. But the same rules apply. You want well, to train. There might be a lot more imbalances now to deal with that you didn't yeah. address back yeah. then. Right, you know? but you know, train yourself. Focus on the big, you know, core lifts. Um, train your whole body. You know, two or three days a week instead of following a body part split. Um, make sure you have a plan with your training. This is one of the reasons why we created, uh, you know, our program, you know, Maps Anabolic, um, is because it's it's it follows those principles, but it's a plan. It breaks it down, and you look at it, you follow, it, you can see the videos of, of demos. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say just listen to your body. Um, I think especially if you were an athlete in your twenties or you know teens, you have a skewed uh, view and image of what your body can take and what the right amount of intensity is. And I've had this happen many times with someone who's like, oh, I you know I, I was. I played soccer and runner, in, yeah, in college or I played basketball in high school. Player, yeah. They remember that. And so then they come in, they're 50 years old, they go to work out and they want to hammer themselves like they did before. They remember what they could do before. And I'm sorry, uh, first of all, it has less to do with age than it does with inactivity. Yeah. Um, honestly, if you're active and you do a really good job with your workouts, your performance won't drop for a while. I mean, you lose agility fit first mm-hmm. um, and strength is the last thing you lose. I mean, you, you see some guys in the gym who train consistently and oh yeah, have you ever heard? You ever heard of old man strength? Old man strength. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know those guy, the guy they're that more tapped in their central nervous system. I feel. Yeah, uh, oh, I, I'd say for the average guy working out, um, you know, they'll have great performance all the way up into their up to their sixty. Yeah. Um, but it's so it's really the lack of activity you've had. Um, that but that applies to anybody who comes in as total, you know, totally deconditioned. I think yeah, and two for as far as like the older crowd, like I I definitely like to address like flexibility and quality of movement. That's like the first thing that I'm, um, you know, in tune with. If they're, you know, if they're if they're 
anything older than me, you know, or, or as old as me, like that's something that I know uh, has diminishing returns as you're sitting down constantly. Now your, your whole uh, environment has changed from even just being in school. Uh, because now we get into our careers, we get into, um, you know, the focus of kids or all these distractions, all these different things. It leads into different postural things that happen and you don't realize it, but the patterning of like day-to-day activities that you don't do, or just, you know, the way that you're forming into these positions is something that is definitely going to affect you. And now I address that first thing. That's the first thing that you're going to get benefit from. Yeah. You, that's a hundred percent correct. Cause well, you're, you're looking at Probably the top two things are going to be imbalances because they're older. They've been moving in a particular way or not moving in a particular way for a long time. Um, and the second thing is uh, you don't uh, heal quite as quickly if you injure yourself or tweak something or twist mm-hmm. something. So well, you just don't get away with as much. Well, I, I feel the need to echo what Justin was saying too because I feel like Sal is talking about Doug's. And I think Doug's are rare to come by. Yeah, Somebody who is you know in, into his 40s, and is already uh, a pretty self-aware guy, a pretty smart guy, was well-read and, and, and researched a lot on his own first, and then he gets to meet someone like Sal who takes him to a whole other level. I, I think a Doug is very, very rare to find. And when I got those clients, they're great. Most of them are more like what Justin's saying is, you know, they we, we're dealing with all kinds of mobility issues more than anything else. And so I, I take something like, okay, squat, deadlift, bench press. And I know uh, at least 80 to 90% of those 40 to 50s plus have an issue with one of those three. They can't do without some sort of pain and over standing overhead press. Those those four movements, our goal is to be able to perform that pain-free and with good form. And that, and to me, getting you to that point through flexibility, mobility, functionality, learning how to do that first, which is very hard to do for a 40 to 50-year-old man. Because with with most men, including my, we're all victims of this, guys. Is we allow our egos to get in the way, and you that that we're testosterone driven. We get in the gym and we're ready to hit the iron, and you right. want, nobody wants to, and you know nobody wants to walk over, grab the silver dumbbells, and start you know doing light ass work that's really it makes you feel like you're a wuss. But I tell you what, this was something that I talked a lot about uh, on my YouTube channel when I did my whole journey from fat to fit. And I explain, you know, one of the hardest things to do is to check my ego at the door, come in. My workout may only be 30 minutes, low intensity, but it's all about form and technique and getting down all getting down everything that learning to move properly again. And then I'm going to progress all those movements. Well, right. But, but, you know, what I meant by the rules apply is is that the if you have anybody who comes in with imbalances, you need to follow that. Yes, but it's more prevalent in somebody who's 40. Much more, of course. And I I think when somebody, because I have guys, uh, this is not the first time that somebody 40, 50 range has asked for us to talk about this age group. And I know, I I don't know for sure who this guy is, but I know the last person who asked, I did know them. And I know that he had back surgery, he's had knee stuff, he's had all these issues. And so I think what he was looking for us to say was, well, you know, avoid exercises like deadlifting and maybe focus no. on this, yeah, yeah. but you're never going to hear from us. I don't give a fuck if you you had back surgery last year or not. If you can sit down on a toilet, like Justin said, we should be able to squat. Yeah, or, or at least work towards that. Well, that that is That's your goal. It, yeah. Your goal becomes, it's not about, can I squat 145, 225, whatever the number is. It is, can I squat properly with good form, comfortably, and not hurt myself? And if I can't, getting myself to where I can. Yeah. So that becomes a, a priority and kids can get away more with, with it not being a priority, just well, getting there and doing and, it. And having strength and, and maintaining strength is pain preventative, right? So that's that's something that like I, I make sure like I'm I'm testing the way that the body's moving and seeing where, you know, all the interruptions are they need to address, but really I'm trying to get you strong. So that way when you get into like, you know, your eighties, you know, and all the, like you, you're strong enough to where it's like, you can still move well and you're not going to have those aches, pains, arthritis, you know, all that kind of stuff. So it's like, it's like the first sort of wave I feel as far as like your mentality needs to shift and you need to start even being more focused on like being ahead of that, uh, you know, staying and maintaining this healthy lifestyle, even, you know, with more intensity. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. It was only a couple generations ago that the 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 pain that people felt in their body when they got to 50, 60, and, and, and older was due to activity. It was due to repetitive, hard labor activity. Yeah. Today, 
pain comes from inactivity. The opposite. It's right? completely the opposite. <laughs> it's all from inactivity. It's very true. It has. It's not like, uh, hey, why is your back hurt? Oh, sh- you know, I break rocks. You know, twelve yeah. hours a day. No, it's, yeah, right. I sit at a desk <laughs> yeah. all day long. So it's the, the 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 fix is completely different. And in this case, uh, like Justin's saying, like you know, the goal is to to be able to move properly in these uh, these these core movements and to continue moving that way. And you'll be blown away by how much you'll separate yourself from your peers. Yeah, you will blow yourself the fuck away. You'll be a sixty seven year old person who uh, is completely mobile, not just completely mobile, but I mean, you'd be able to match the average thirty year old no problem. And meanwhile, your peers are falling down they're hurting themselves they're sick they can't sleep watch, whatever watch how fast somebody with super protracted shoulders and hunched kind of positioning deteriorates right in front of your very, eyes oh, very quickly watch how fast that, happens. that is such a good that is such a good point and it's crazy because and i used to this was like a huge selling point for me to clients was i used to stand up with just just a slight protracted shoulder to show people and i'd say this is your 20s this is your and I just keep rolling it a little bit, a little bit for 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, and then I use, in 70s I would I would emulate somebody bending over with a walker. And said that is the evolution of what you have going on right now, and you may not think that it's a big deal right now, but I tell you what, 30 years from now, if you don't learn how to figure out what we're talking about right now and how to fix it, address it. Mm-hmm. Then that's where you're heading, and you're going to be really you're fucking not resisting gravity. Yeah, yeah and I will yeah. tell you right now, when you're there trying to go the other direction, it's a hell of a lot harder than be, uh, being Here's, aware of it now and starting. To I heard the greatest that. analogy today. One of my clients actually told me, it. you know, if you have two lines that are running parallel, right, and you take one line, and all you do with that one line is you move it one degree away from the other line, for a while they're going to kind of look equal. Oh, so that's a but over analogy. time. Those lines are going to be very, very far apart. Miles apart. And this is what happens when you're active as mm. you age. Yeah. The difference between you and your peers becomes bigger. And when you're 20 and you're fit, your average 20 year old compared to you, it's not a huge difference. It's a difference, not a huge difference, though. When you're 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, that becomes. You're like a completely different human. You're not even the same category anymore by the time you get to that. Oh, I feel like right mm-hmm. now, I mean, we we probably just now are starting to really notice oh, I'm it, seeing it now in our mid-30s. Yep. Yeah. You know, being in our mid to late 30s now, looking at our friends were that were my peers, we all looked about the same fitness-wise. Maybe I was a little bit fitter because I was a trainer, so but not much, you know what I'm saying? Not enough for my friends to care to now to looking at everybody and be seeing how out of shape and deconditioned uh, yeah. everybody is. It's like, it's already started. And I Night can't imagine and 40s and 50s because right. I ain't slowing down. I mean, right. to me, I'm still, I'm I'm better this year than I was yeah, last year and the year before and the year before. For me, I'm always, I'm still feel like I haven't reached my genetic potential and I'm continuing to press that. So, you know, I feel like I'm getting better with age where I'm watching all my, my peers get worse and worse. And it's mm-hmm. going to, it's getting, it's starting to get bad now. You see it already. Yeah. Crap. Next question is from Steven1234. He's asking if you suffer from chronic aches, is it better to take time off or to keep going to the gym with less intensity? Okay, so this was actually a longer, I read this one. This was a longer question. Basically, he's asking if like, you know, if you're sore, if you're achy, what's a better option to accelerate your recovery or make yourself feel better? Completely taking time off or going in and working out uh, with a lower intensity? It, we actually, I just said it earlier when we were talking about how people back in the day, they, their pain was due to, over, to overactivity. Well, today, that's not the case. And there's different kinds of ache that you want to think about. First of all, if you have an injury, then you take time off. If you hurt yourself and I have a swollen knee or twisted ankle, whatever, um, that's when you take the time off to let it heal. If you're sore uh, or achy because you're, you, know, you're, you worked out hard or because your body needs to recover a little faster, activity actually will speed up and facilitate right. recovery. So, um, or if you're achy because of a muscle imbalance, you don't take time off. You go in there and correct the imbalance. You know, like if I have, you know, shoulder impingement issues, then I can either rest so my shoulder feels better or I can go in the gym and focus on correcting the imbalance in my shoulder so that I don't get impingement anymore. One is going to relieve pain temporarily, plus I'm going to get out of shape. The other one's going to relieve pain permanently and I'm going to maintain my level of fitness. So nine out of 10 times, unless you're like lacking sleep, like you should never exercise in lieu of sleep. Well, I was just going to interrupt and tell you that I think the first is, and this is what I love about uh, these gentlemen in the room with me. We all, and I feel like we all kind of do it. We were just talking about me earlier about some stuff that I'm feeling and aching and this and that is I, I, I start to assess everything first, you know, what's going on with my stress levels, what's going on with my diet, mm-hmm. you know, assess all that first. And I try and figure out, okay, it has something to do with maybe an outside thing that's, that's causing this. 
once I figure out that and pinpoint it to what exactly it is, then I think we go after it. And like Sal was saying, if it's muscle soreness, uh, absolutely, you know, going to work out is the best thing you could do. It's just you just need to learn to bring down the intensity. Like Sal was saying, you 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 promote recovery. Well, the way you promote recovery is you're going to increase your your oxygen, increase the blood flow, more blood flow to those muscles that are sore means more nutrients, means faster recovery. Versus the opposite, which is being sedentary, not working those muscles. Yeah, recovery is still going to happen and stuff like that, that with that muscle, but you're not promoting it to be faster by going in and actually. Not only that, it. but you may be you may be losing the adaptation signal. I mean, if we're just talking about muscle soreness, okay. If I worked out real hard yesterday and I did a heavy heavy sets of squats and my legs are really sore, uh, and legs are a weakness of mine and I really want to focus on them. I'll go in the next day, even though I'm sore, and do really light shit, light, low-intensity stuff. This may be the time when I use machines uh, where I'll go in and do leg extensions and leg, stuff that I know is not going to damage my muscles too much but get things to kind of move and get a pump. Um, it, what that does is actually speeds up recovery, but besides that, you build more muscle doing that as well because you continue to send this anabolic signal. This is actually the this is the philosophy behind the trigger session concept in MAPS Anabolic and uh, you know our focus session, which we'll talk about right. much later, and then our mobility session, which exactly. I was talk about, but yeah, no, it's it's a, it's a no brainer that you want if it's a soreness thing, you want to get in there and move it. But the thing you have to learn to do is to take it down. You know, you don't need if you're sore in your legs. So I, you know, it's and it, pick exercises that are going to be conducive to recovery. Like you might not want to go in and squat again. Yeah. You know what I mean? So what I typically do, I was going to use legs as an example because I squat damn near every other day, if not every day, and or, or do train legs. So if I just did like uh, yesterday, I did a, a heavy squat day. Well, I'm feeling a little sore. So tomorrow when I go in, I'll, I'll probably start my workout, which is some body weight walking lunges. I'll just do walking lunges and I'll really focus on stretching my strides out and just my body weight. Maybe I'll throw 30 pounds or 40 pounds on my back. Nothing really heavy. All I'm really trying to do is like promote recovery. And I'm not trying, even though I could do a lot more weight on my back and do that, that's not the idea. I'm, I'm trying to allow my body still to recover and I'm not trying to tear and break down. And more. it's not a waste of time. You know what no. I mean? People oh, think, oh, I don't, I'm going to go to the oh, gym and do this really easy workout because I'm sore. Well, I might as well not go. It's going to be a waste of time. Not true at no, all. No, no, no. Lots true. of it benefits. It charges you. Yeah, it promotes, you know, your energy levels to just spike for going back into your, like, intense days. And, you know, for me, I use it I use it to really take that time that I wouldn't take before to uh, improve my skills and also improve, you know, my overall quality of movement. And so I'll do things with the kettlebell where I'm, you know, I'm doing like a Turkish getup. I'm doing these like interesting mobility flow patterns and, and these different things to open everything up and, and keep things communicating well. And so I actually get a lot more responsive going in to do my regular compound lifts mm. the following day. So it, 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 you know, has proven itself to me already that it's, it, you know, the, the value in that is something that I'm not just going to brush over. No, Beautiful. absolutely. Billy Luckham is asking, how can you increase speed, acceleration, and agility for a sport like rugby? Oh, that's right up your... Uh, yeah, I actually played right up rugby. Your pant legs. Yeah, I played rugby for like two years, so it's a, it's a sport that... Uh, I love that sport. Man, that was a super high-intensity conditioning sport. Which one's more brutal, uh, rugby or football? Um, uh, football, you take the most damage. Do rugby, you, really? you take a lot of like surface damage oh, okay you know what i mean uh like i got a lot of cuts bruises and, and like i actually had a guy that like he had metal spikes and he stomped like a hole in my head like on the side of my head of this little like divot <laughs> what <laughs> i was at the bottom of this scrum and this guy just like stomped on my head and uh oh and, my god you just spiked your bro, skull it was brutal it Ooh. was brutal yeah, so maybe I take that back. Maybe rugby was worse. Fuck that. <laughs> but I, it kind of reminds me of like comparing MMA to boxing. Yeah. Right? Like boxing will do more brain damage to you because of repetitive your brain bouncing yeah. off the back of your head where MMA, you probably come out bloodier and messed up more often than not, but the, the long-term damage is probably yeah. less, right? Would you see it's something like that? Yeah, and the technique changes, you know? So for like, like for me, I took a lot more damage tackling in football because everybody's coming at you so much faster and with so much more force and they're using everything else that they have. The, the thing about pads and helmets are those are, now they learn how to use those yeah. against you. So it's like, it's like it's having like a, weapon. A, a battering ram, yeah. you know? And so, um, you know, tackling 
rugby, like it's totally different. Like you, you try and absorb that impact. Yeah, because you're conscious about it. hurting yourself. You right? feel just, it immediately. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> like, yeah. I used to hit with you. like yeah, yeah. with my chest and my shoulder, you know, and do like a form tackle, and then my head would hit and then roll to the side, and so I, I would tackle like that when I started playing rugby. And uh, man, I just like almost knocked this guy out, and at the same time, I almost knocked myself out. I was just like, "Oh, seeing stars!" But uh, it was a fun sport. But as far as like, what was the question again? <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, uh, how too do you much increase speed increase, agility? Yeah, speed agility. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, right this is why. Us, yeah, after he tells us, I, I got so story. into that. I got so into that uh, explanation <laughs> of the sport. Um, yeah, that's why we created Maps Performance. I mean, Maps Performance take you through these different phases, these four phases. And what we're doing is we're working specifically on, you know, our central nervous system response, our power, our explosiveness. And, and, and we want to take these, these things as new skills, as new adaptations that we're really trying to get better at and, and, and then apply into the sport. And so we take that into that phase and then we move on to proprioceptive work and, and reaction. And so uh, now I'm getting a, a better body awareness and, and, you know, I'm responding to uh, movement way better because now I'm training the body in that specific adaptation to, to promote that. So uh, you know, and then from there, you know, we go into our, our speed power. We go into like the power that, that you don't need a lot of load. You just have to generate it. And so if I, if I need to generate that, I'm hoping that I built the strength in my legs, you know, to really promote that. Cause that's, what's my ground forces. That's what's driving me and to, to, to get that snap, to, to get that movement on the field that like is going to set you apart from everybody else. And then, you know, after that we get into conditioning, it's that durability. We get into just, uh, you know, the, the part where everybody expects, like it's a, it's a highly conditioned sport rugby and it's high intensity. And so these two things, it's, it's a tough blend, but, um, you have to learn how to adapt to that. And so you have to mirror that in, in, in the way that you train as far as endurance is concerned. So you can last that, uh, however long the game span is and, and be able to perform at your well, highest. I think the important thing, you know, that you, what you explained, cause you explained our, our, our program mass performance, but in a nutshell, you can hear how uh, the reason why we program program it that way is we focus on specific forms of performance for periods of time, mm-hmm. rather than training for all forms of performance all at the same time. Right. This is a key factor in in excellent programming. Now, when you're in season, your training kind of changes a little bit, right? Now you're training to prevent injury. Of course, you're training to recover. But if you're getting ready for a season, uh, you're 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 best off phasing your workout so that you know at one point it's you're focusing on strength on this time you're focusing on agility and you're doing this over the course of 12 weeks or 14 weeks leading you up to peak performance i'm glad you said that because that's what i I wanted to kind of echo was that the the biggest thing that's different about the program and the way you guys designed this was that you know it's it's phased out and probably the the biggest fuck up I see right now and it's super common and it's growing more than it's shrinking right now is college and or not college but like high school uh, football teams and oh, uh, MMA fighters uh, using CrossFit yeah. as their their way of training. I told you about training. that in like oh, high school. I was talking and, to my, my buddy Robbie oh, the other day who's like who's That's like the standard now for programming on the high school level. Yeah, really really disappoints. It's me. it's even at like the MMA level. That's what a, wow. a lot yeah, a lot of these guys Well, we got to be careful now because uh just like CrossFit athletes don't follow the the wad. I wonder how many of them follow actual CrossFit or for a lot of it has to do with branding. And then the second thing, when you're looking at high school football, uh, it's not hard. I mean, just to give credit where credit's due, it is not hard to outperform what the fuck they were doing before. So we'll, we'll you know bring, what I'm saying? Yeah, we'll no, we'll bring my buddy Robbie on here, who's who this is coming from. So this is someone who okay. directly trains uh, some of the top uh, athletes in MMA, and by top I mean like number one, like Kane Velasquez type guys oh, and okay. stuff, uh, and is a part of uh, AKA and that and their whole training program. And, you know, I'll, I'll let him come on here and get in real detail and share. But one of the things we talked about, and I didn't I didn't know this till he shared that with me, was, you know, I was telling him about the epidemic in the bodybuilding world and training and stuff like that and what we've seen, what we've seen happen. And he was telling me what's going on in, in that. And I was just blown away. And he says, yeah, it's one of the most frustrating things when you're a trainer and you know 
what's best for this mixed martial artist that he should go over and he should focus just on this one modality and get better at it then come over here and focus on this instead they're doing this crossfit type workout where they're just you know because they're working because that's all of it all mixed together and they feel like that's going to better them in all those in all those verses phasing it like we're supposed to and that was the big thing that when we came out with performance that was our answer and we've talked you know earlier on we've talked a lot of shit about crossfit and that that's our and it, we've also said there's a lot of things that we we like about it and there is a lot of positive things the problem is the program design and now that's what performance was about was teaching people if you want that kind of performance do you want to perform like a CrossFit person or a rugby player, you want to perform at that elite level. Well, let me show you, or let us show you how you how to do that. But let us show you how to do it the right way. Right, and really, in a nutshell, you phase your workouts, and then you tie it all together at the end. That's it. That's yeah. the way. That's the way the body responds best. And, and you can most insert. People- yeah, you can insert most sports along those lines, and so that's, right. that's why we. You know, it's not athletic, not maps athletic. It's it's performance. It's it's a better way for you to perform, but you have to sort of dictate those types of movements, you know, and make sure that you're focused on improving the performance end of those movements. And so that changes from sports to sports. Well, here's a, here's a shameless plug. You you, you want help with doing that. You have someone like Justin who's done rugby before you get performance, you get access to the forum. And then that's where you ask like questions on how to modify certain workouts, because that's exactly right. That's exactly what we would do. I wonder if this is what I would do. This is, you don't think this is that forum member that asked about rugby. It's not, is it? No, I, I doubt so. it. I because okay. a forum member There's would a know. Rugby okay. Yeah, a forum okay. member would know. Yeah, because we have a few to, rugby players already on perform. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, for sure. Okay, yeah. let's go to the next one. Next one is from War J Fit. Uh, tips for an ectomorph trying to build. <sighs> this ectomorph. is my one. Yeah, that's Adam Alley. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, oh, that's, that's both of us. Yeah, it, it is definitely. And you know, oh, yeah, something right. that I think Sal and I will agree and share on. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll dive into nutrition a little bit, but I, I think we talk a lot about nutrition. In fact, he wrote a, a, a long, it was a long question and he, he obviously is a smart guy. He's well-read. I've seen his Instagram page. Like he's doing some pretty awesome movements. He's doing a lot of good foundational work in there for sure. Um, definitely obviously knows his stuff. He's just struggling with the, the nutrition piece. So we will dive into nutrition a little bit, but I will say, um, one of the things that probably changed, uh, changed my life was like Sal, when I went away from the body part split, when I started realizing that, you know what, being an ectomorph and coming in the gym seven days a week and pounding one muscle, then pounding another muscle the next day or a push pull, I've done it all. Um, I was just burning, burning, burning. And my body was so focused on recovery all the time that I, you know, it got me to a certain point. I definitely made gains. You know, I put a good 15, 20 pounds on over my years of training like that. But I really plateaued hard when I when I learned to back off that way, pull down my intensity, stop the failure shit, start training uh, the way like our maps anabolic, the foundational program is and following a structured program that was not focused uh, on intensity, but frequency driven and learning to focus on on that and pull myself away from the gym or tone down the intensity level. I was now not burning as many calories, which made it a lot easier for me to consume more and grow more versus always pounding the body and my body needing so much calories to try and repair and repair and then bam, I pound again and try and repair and repair and bam, pound again. And then I was getting in this vicious cycle. So um, that was, that was a big one for me. You know, what's interesting is back in the day um, you would, you would tell an ectomorph to work out less frequently um, than uh, a mesomorph or someone who could build muscle easily. Uh, the, the, it's funny because the opposite is actually true. Now, of course there's a limit, right? You can't just work out all the time, but, uh, you will benefit from training. Like Adam's saying your muscle groups more frequently. And one of the best ways to do that is to do a full body workout three days a week. You're hitting all your muscle groups. You're doing it three days a week. You're doing the total volume is the same as you may do with a, with a regular body part split. So instead of doing 21 sets for chest and one workout, you're doing seven sets each time. Uh, you'll respond much faster. I've noticed in all the ectomorphs I've ever trained, it was that frequency uh, that made the biggest impact. It was not intensity. We were trained with the right intensity, but you could push the intensity overboard easily with that frequency. You can get away with quite a bit. Well, let me give you an example too on, on lifting like that. the compound lifts too. Which yeah, is that's right. This is right times. where I'm heading. Right, right. right where I'm heading around. I'll give you a perfect example. Um, <clears throat> 
So let's say it was a arm day because that was a day for me, buys and tries. And, you know, I would start off with your standard, you know, straight bar, bicep curls, and uh, maybe some like dumbbell skull crushers or something. And then I'd go on and do two or three more exercises of for that, you know, and somewhere in there would be cable push downs, maybe some overhead extensions, some things like that. So let's take when I get to my second or third exercise for triceps. Uh, it's I'm now on, let's say, set 15 of total sets that I've done for the for triceps and I'm doing uh, tricep pushdowns and I'm probably doing, I don't know, 100 to 150 pounds. I'm pressing down on these cables. Well, now instead of doing those those the, the, the tricep pushdowns on the cables uh, and and doing 15 sets in one workout, my 15 sets now are spread over three. And then the type of work that I'm doing for my triceps are like weighted dips for my body, close grip bench press, and I'm pushing 185, 225 pounds with a barbell or, you know, strapping on 45 to 90 pounds around my waist and dipping my body weight. The bang for my buck on those, and I couldn't do that. I couldn't go do weighted dips after close grip tricep and like skull crushers. I no, be, not, not if you're doing 20 sets in a workout, yeah, you, the, first, the first six are the fucking Even if you don't, ones. even if you're doing 12 to 15, yeah, by, the same time, thing. by the time you get through five or eight sets of any exercise, you, you you're di- doing finishing exercises. Yeah, the yeah, rest of the whole, yeah the exactly. The rest of the workout is finishing exercises, and that was great for the the sarcoplasmic pump, right? So I got the great pump from that because I'm just keep forcing blood into there. But as far as the growth and forcing my body to adapt and grow, it was those big compound movements. And then once I split that up in three workouts, I could I could go get after it. I could do yeah. these big movements only do five six sets of it be done but then i'm i'm gonna i was adapting and growing more for sure yeah and two days later you're gonna do it again so that that's That's lifting feeding wise uh best strategy personally for me and i mean everyone's different so i'll let sal talk on some of his strategies for me i uh i used to i started with eat everything in sight and i would just boom 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 load 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 but i had a hard time being an ectomorph keeping up and I'd be stuffed. I'd be. I'd stuff myself to where, like, literally, I was so full. I didn't want to put anything in my, my mouth. And then, I, then it would be four hours later before I even thought I wanted to eat again. So, actually, for me, was eating really clean, good, n- nutrient dense foods first. And then, if I was going to pile like you know high saturated fat type foods on onto my plan, it was after I got a bulk of my calories early on. So I would, in my case, I need somewhere between 35 to 4,000 calories to maintain 4,000 to 5,000 calories to grow. So somewhere in that, in that range, I'm getting that extra, maybe 500 to a thousand calories. Then I would allow outside of like me trying to really eat clean and I would put higher calorie foods, but I wouldn't do that until after I got what my body needed nutritionally. And by nutritionally, I mean like the, your good clean fats and, and your, and your protein. Yeah. You need extra calories. You're going to need extra calories to build. Uh, but I'll say this to be clear. If you don't it's send the right as, signal, yeah, uh, all those extra calories aren't going to do anything. That's why I address that first. Yeah. I think if you're hitting those big compound movements and you're in a surplus, right, right, even if it's not a big. Because I've seen, I've seen many times ectomorphs go on a bulk and gain fat and not muscle. Yeah. So it's like you can gain weight, you're just not gaining muscle. You're just not sending the right signal. The the other thing that uh, I really got from you was switching my my bulking and cutting to shorter periods. Oh yeah. Uh, that's another huge one for me that helped me a lot through the competing years is going to the point where I never let myself bulk for more than three to four weeks after I hit that about that four week, then I actually intentionally cut. You're not going to lose muscle. No, you're going to lean out. You're also going to teach, you're going to restrict the body from calories. You're going to find, and, and I would cut enough to where I was hungry you know, and run that for a good two to three weeks. Because if your ultimate goal is to grow, I don't need to run it quite as long as I'm running my bulk. But I'll do it for at least two to three weeks afterwards of cutting and then turn right back around and go to bulking. Watch what you do when you do that. Oh, uh, lean games. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Our final question is from Raising Autism. He's asking how to become more mobile in the shoulders uh, for doing standing military press with better form. Well, that's that's Justin all day long. Yeah, you're the you're the shoulder mobility expert. Yeah, I just actually did a uh, a post doing some overhead press today, and um, I I posted a video out on our forum actually showing this um, this drill that I do, um, and also do this with like some of the athletes, some of the uh, baseball players, and I thought it's a great mobility drill to do in general too. Um, to you know do these arm circles right next to the wall and so as i'm doing these arm circles i'm trying not to get away from the so wall. so explain it like what does it look like you're up against the wall so i'm up against the wall and my arms out in front of me and so my palm is basically facing away so the back of my hand is trying to touch the wall gotcha okay so now i'm sliding it up and once i get to my sticking point 
I'm going to turn my thumb back to the wall. So now my palm is going to face into the wall. So I get that natural rotation. Oh, so you're going, you're down. making a wide circle with a straight arm. Exactly. Got so it. I go forwards and backwards with that. And I can actually visibly see like when I, when I do that frequently, I can see like where I am, you know, in terms of relation to how close I am to the wall and then also where my sticking point is. So it's a good gauge for me to kind of now measure. Now is your goal to get closer to the wall and be able to stay? Exactly. You gotcha. can, you can yeah. pretty much be like straight up and down and like right next to it. So. Um, would shoulder dislocates be similar, right? With the, exactly. With yeah. The stick? Okay. Shoulder dislocates. That's the point of those as well as we're just trying to kind of inch our way in a little bit closer to the body. So now I can get like a, an even better response out of my rotators. I do this, sim- a similar thing when I'm, I walk on the treadmill when I first get the gym, just kind of get warmed up and, and blood flowing and stuff. So I walk for about 10 minutes. And while I'm walking, I do a little bit of my upper body dynamic and my shoulder. I do that exact those circles like that. And I, because I'm walking on the treadmill, I'm trying to keep my torso and everything square while I open and rotate all the way around and it doesn't throw me off walking. So if you try and do that while you're walking on a narrow treadmill mm. and if you were to t- torque your oh, body, because yeah, it'll throw you, it'll throw you off. Other, so yeah. it's kind of cool because I'm walking at the same time. So you don't want your shoulder to come forward as you're doing that. Exactly. Side, that's yeah. the idea is you the keep your torso way. completely mm-hmm. straight and you're not yeah. you know cocking to the side or cheating yourself. So right. I've, uh, I've found it kind of a, a unique challenge for me to do that because I, I don't have the best mobility, but I've been trying to work yeah. on that myself. So that's something. So that, I, I mean, that's just literally one thing like i have yeah. a, there's a lot of things i do constantly with my shoulders because that was a focus of mine because i i would always reach a certain pinnacle of my bench and and when i hit that pinnacle of my bench uh i would feel this super pressure there in my shoulder some impingement something was about to happen um and so i would back off and then i just would get frustrated because i always wanted to improve and i couldn't get past this point and, uh, and then I just, and that's when I started picking up, um, Indian clubs and I started reading about those and I just fell in love with them because like, I really don't do the type of rotation. Out of, I didn't do the type of rotation out of my shoulders, uh, that, you know, like I was given my shoulders credit for, like I have a lot more range of motion. I just didn't work on it, you know? And so this is something that I decided you know, to focus on and wow, what an improvement of overall strength, uh, of stability. Uh, I was able to then start, you know, doing the crazier stuff with the kettlebells and like for a while, it took me a while to adapt to kettlebells. It's a different way oh, yeah. uh, to lift weights. And, and it uh, is, I've, I'm finally starting to get used to pressing kettlebells overhead. Yeah. And what really the, the biggest thing I love about them is that I can get that natural wrist rotation, elbow rotation, you know, all these things I can get just a little bit more rotation and try and emulate uh, a natural mechanical uh, press out of my arm. And so that way I can sort of distribute the load properly. And it's not this 90 degree locking, you know, stress point where it goes right to the joint. So uh, that's something I learned. And then, um, you know, started to apply, obviously core strength is a big component to that. Like being able to keep posture, maintain composure, keep strong in every single lift, doing it standing up. Uh, And then when you go to press, you know, you're going to have that control and uh, your muscles are going to respond to help you. So one thing that I do also, I've done in the past, is I'll take a uh, a light weight, do a standing shoulder press, make sure it gets straight up above my head, and then make sure to not shrug my shoulder. So I drop them down, right? Um, just so I get that scapular movement as I do an overhead press. And I do that with a really light weight, and then uh, as I get better at it, then I can go to heavy weight, and my presses come up nice and tall. And above it's my just head. like you said, like it, it it's it's going with that cheat code, like really like depressing the shoulder blade down and retracting your shoulder. Yeah. Uh, once you get, once you get that down and you have the control where now my, uh, scapular retraction, I'm, I'm being, I'm able to squeeze and hold that in position to maintain posture properly. Now I can do a lot more things with my shoulder that I couldn't do. This is, uh, why, so our gym used to not have kettlebells. It does now. I used to do Arnold presses, which simulate a very yeah. similar movement as like a military press with your kettlebell. That's why I love, uh, kettlebell press, uh, yeah. hands down. If you got kettlebells, I'm with Justin on that all the way as far as that natural rotation. Uh, but if you don't, uh, a, a, another possibility is, is an Arnold press. Arnold presses are great. Uh, and, and focus on a light weight. And, and cause if you're, if it's about shoulder mobility, it's not about, uh, building your shoulders right now. It's about first getting them mobile. And so when you're focused mobility wise, a lighter weight through full range of motion and controlled and thinking about the things that Sal and Justin are saying about retracting and depressing your shoulders yeah. and, and keeping yourself in neutral, you know? I also wanted to mention too, cause like alongside that mechanic, mechanic as far as like the posture is concerned, you know, keeping the shoulder depressed and then uh, retracted. Um, also when you're, when you're pressing, 
uh, especially with a kettlebell, you want to make sure that everything is in the midline of your body. So I'm actually focused on not letting my arm come too far forward. I'm not, you know, trying to get my elbow out too far. I'm trying to pull everything into the body. So now I'm focused on making a more vertical line as in my rotation mm. going up towards uh, the ceiling. Um, that That's another sort of key point, especially why when we're when we're able to focus a little bit more on depressing the shoulder, stabilizing it, um, it all follows along this line here of rotation. So just trying to keep it within the midline a little bit more. You know, something I noticed with uh, shoulder mobility is uh, just with myself, as it's gotten better, I can now support more weight at the very top of the mm-hmm. lift. I can mm-hmm. like hold it there forever now if I wanted to. Whereas before, if once I get to the top, it was exhausting trying to hold it up there. I had to bring it right back down. Mm-hmm. So now I can like rest in the top. As if I get it up there, I can hold it there. And Olympic lifters, lifters are, I mean, they mm-hmm. lock out a barbell above their head. Yeah. And they ain't going anywhere. No, oh, yeah. So it's uh, it's pretty awesome stuff. I will even go as, as far as to say this: um, training. If you're in the gym and you're working out, full range of motion, uh, of course, to a point, but full proper range of motion will build more muscle than short range of motion with heavier weight. So even if you go lighter, so that you can get a fuller range of motion, you're going to get better results than if you stick with the shorter range of motion just because it's heavier. Because I know a lot of guys lift, listening right now. Are saying, you know what? Are doing half reps? Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to go lighter on my military press. I like to go ninety degrees because I don't want to have to take the forty fives off or whatever. Yeah, yeah. No, put some quarters or tens on there. Bring that shit all the way down to your upper chest. Press it all the way up. Get a full range of motion. You'll build more delt, and then you'll work your way up to using that heavier weight. More core, more central nervous system, more upper back. So much more, other than just the shoulders. That's that's the part you got to think about too. It's not. Uh, doing full range of motion type movements, so much more works together that way. You're allowing the body to work the way it's supposed to work. Well, you're prioritizing too the part of contraction where you, you're you're trying to get your central nervous system to amplify, you know, be the loudest in. And if you're doing half reps, it's gonna it's gonna focus on you know that is the priority of like your range. So you're what you're doing is immediately causing you know a, a, a dysfunction you know in the muscle as far as like its capacity for range of motion. I find myself falling in that trap all the time. I'll take a, you know, I'll be squatting really, really heavy. And um, then I have to remind myself and I'll go back off, go lower, pause at the bottom, work on that deep, deep, por- you know, portion of the squat and then come back up. Mm-hmm. And I build muscle every mm-hmm. time my legs yeah. get bigger. So um, before we sign off, uh, I, you know, ho- hopefully, Adam, you're okay with this. I wanted to bring something up. Mm. Um, you know, Adam, uh, he wouldn't want to talk about this uh, on, on air. Uh oh, where are we going? Uh, but this is this is well, it's a it's. It, I think I think we could use the platform of Mind Pump to all of our listeners uh, for some good. I agree. Um, for sure. You know, Adam lost somebody uh, very very close to him recently. Uh, very very somebody very close to him uh, lost a battle with cancer at a very young age, and um, unfortunately, as as you know, it is sometimes. Um, besides it being very stressful for the family and whatnot, they're all sticking together. You know, um, and I've seen them uh, stick together. An amazing family, by the way. Um, you know, like these things when these things happen, the massive medical builds uh, bills build up, mm-hmm. and um, the family of the gentleman that passed away um, started a GoFundMe page um, to help pay for some of these bills. Um, how old was Troy when he passed? Fifty-seven. So he's fifty-seven years old. He was fifty-seven, and it was only uh, God. It was, this is uh, I didn't know we we're going here. Uh, Five weeks ago now, it's been five weeks, he passed uh, just this last Wednesday, so it's been, or Tuesday, excuse me, so it's not even been a week, it was six days ago. Uh, It's also why you guys heard me talk about I've been kind of in a funk because we knew it was coming, but we actually only knew uh, five weeks ago, so he was diagnosed with stage four stomach cancer, and I watched him over the last four weeks uh, deteriorate uh, at an extremely fast uh, rate, and uh, it was almost, it felt like it was overnight to watch him pass. He did pass in his home with all of us, I was there. Uh, and his family was there, and, and so it was the way. But it was uh, anyone that's been through cancer or seen someone go like that, especially when it's rapid and fast like that, uh, it's definitely been rough on them. And it, it did it ran up a, a lot of bills. They got a, he was uh, he had a lot of stuff going on before. So and because it was so sudden, um, he was not set up with. I mean, we he was literally. I was with him. Uh, I mean, I'm always with him, but we were, uh, you know, normal could be as uh, over Christmas break and everything. You would have had no idea. And then uh, it literally hit us like a train. Man. Yeah. Mm. Uh, well, my condolences uh, again to, to the yeah, family. Definitely. And uh, Doug, uh, it would be okay if we posted uh, the link to the GoFundMe um, on our site. 
Yeah, let's put it on uh, either mindpumpradio.com or mindpumpmedia. I can get it up immediately. On, on either mind, one? On mindpumpradio. All right, let's do mindpumpradio.com. Yeah. Uh, go on there. There's going to be the link. Click on it, and you can donate whatever you want yeah. to help the family. And do this. Uh, uh, if the, you feel led to it. you know. If you feel led. Yeah. And, yeah, and, I, the reason why I didn't want to talk about this is I'm definitely not one to to, to ask for I, I understand. Yeah. Yeah, we, all yeah, we want to help, you know, and that's that's a great way to, to help. You well, know, well, here's the deal. the the Nobody knows, right? The family doesn't know. Of course, because you weren't going to no, do this on no, my no, pump. No, no, no. They didn't know. Do no, this no. Uh, on GoFundMe just to make them feel good. Um, you can put down who it's from, the, <clears throat> the donation. Just put MPP, the letter M. PP mind pump mind pump posse so they know uh, that you know the our our listeners are um, thinking about them and that mind pump is doing some good there so love you guys thank loves awesome. love much love guys and uh, you can please leave us a five star rating and review on iTunes you can find us on Instagram at mind pump radio you can find me at mind pump Sal you can find Justin at mind pump Justin and you can find Adam at mind pump Adam thank you for listening to mind pump. For more information about this show and to get valuable free resources from Sal, Adam, and Justin, visit us at www.mindpumpradio.com. Until next time, this is Mind Pump.